0: Mm-mm. Friday's edition of Reconciled Five Two One slash FBC for Podcasts and Facebook platform. It is a joy and a blessing to once again be found together in this manner. The Bible says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It is a glorious morning. It is a glorious day that the Lord God has indeed made for us that we may rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, what a what a what a A beautiful day that we can continue to ponder and to reflect upon the mercies and the goodness of God, even as we look at this pertinent issue of revival and reformation. And this uh, is coming from uh, the, the different passages in the Bible. We are looking at the biblical accounts on revival as to what has the Bible uh, said concerning this topic of revival and reformation. Because many times when you think about the word reformation, uh, Christians will usually think of the great reformers like Martin Luther, which we are going to examine next week. Exciting. Uh, however, there are reformers long before Martin Luther, long before your John Carvins, long before the men uh, the John has and those we esteem and we we look up to. So this morning we are going to find ourselves in the book of 2nd Chronicles still uh, looking at the reforms in the nation uh, of Judah and we find ourselves in 2nd Chronicles chapter 29 and we will be looking at the reforms of King Hezekiah. And as we've been looking at this week just to give you a recap, we see that all revivals or reformations that took place in the Bible they occurred in a time when there was moral darkness among us the people. And the nation was going through a moment of spiritual depression, that people forsook the Lord their God, and they were worshipping idols. And the second thing that, that you see that in the midst of all this, the Lord in His sovereign work, in His sovereign grace, He would always... Um, stir up the heart of a leader and the heart of that consecrated leader, that servant of God will become energized with power that they'll go forth to do and to accomplish the ways of the Lord. And that is a beautiful pictures that we are seeing in all the patterns. Yet all these men, as we've seen, they fell short as to what the Lord expected of them to do. Um, and, but I, in, in, in their weakness, though, we see that God would use even their feeble efforts uh a result in, in turning to the worship of God. And that's what we are going to examine this morning. What do we need to do in the day and age that we're living in if we are, as a church of Jesus Christ, to experience uh, th- that, that move of God? What, what should we do in order for us to um, to impact the world around us? Uh, this passage answers some of those questions this morning. If God's people want to impact the world around them they need first to see God and to be obedient to his word. The word of God becomes the front and center and the true worship of God is what we need in this day and age. But join me even as we will read from this passage this morning, Second Chronicles chapter 29 and we are going to read from verse 3 all the way to verse 11. But in my discussion with us this morning i'm going to discuss with us all the way actually to verse 30 where we find this man hezekiah accomplishing these reforms and speaking to his people and challenging them and calling them forth to a true worship of god that said let's bow our heads and we pray for these a few minutes our father we thank you so much for this wonderful day lord that you have made for us that we may rejoice and be glad in it we worship you and we honor you for you have called us to your son you have called us to yourself and you are the one who has caught us over the god that we may worship you so we thank you so much for your word we thank you for your church We ask that in this time you will build your church, that the gates of hell will not prevail against her. Strengthen all her servants, strengthen all the men you have called for yourself, that they too in this hour may consecrate themselves, that they will see your grace and your glory, that in the midst of all the darkness we see and we face, but yet we will see your glory shining brighter still in your bride the church we ask that you do that among us we ask that as we come to your word therefore help us not just be hearers of your word help us to be doers as well that we may attest and we may see indeed that the lord is good and that blessed is the man who puts his trust heart trust the woman who puts her trust in your lord our fortress and our redeemer in jesus glorious name we pray may god's people say amen so the book of uh, Second Chronicles, let's read together because we want to be Bible-based and we want to make sure that we hear what the Bible has to say. We are not here just to hear what Gideon has to say. It's not about our wisdom and you're going to see that, that every time there is a revival, like we saw yesterday, that God's people return to the word of God. Just like we saw yesterday, Joshua would appoint priests to go forth. These will not just be priests who are going to offer sacrifices and offerings. Uh, but these are priests who are tasked to teach the teaching priests who are sent forth around the nation to teach God's people God's word. So let's come before the Lord then. And read from uh, the book of St. Chronicles chapter 29, reading from verse um, 3 to 11. Hear the word of the Lord. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the temple, of the house of the Lord, and he repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites, and they assembled them in in the square on the east. And he said to them, Listen to this, someone. Hear me, Levites, now. Hear me, Levites. Listen now. Consecrate yourselves and consecrate the house of the Lord, the God of your fathers, and carry out the feast, the fields from the holy place. For our fathers have been unfaithful, and they have done what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God. They have forsaken him and they have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and they have turned their backs. They also shut the doors of the vestibule and put out the lamps and have not burnt incense or offered burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel. Therefore, the wrath. Of The Lord came on Judah and Jerusalem, and he has made them an object of horror, of astonishment, and of hissing, as you see with your own eyes. For behold, our fathers are fallen by the sword, and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, in order that his fierce anger may turn away from us. My sons, do not now be negligent, for the Lord has chosen you to stand in his presence, to minister to him and to be his ministers and make offerings to him. That's the the call that uh, the the king here, Hezekiah, comes and he appeals to these people. And we are seeing here something that's so remarkable concerning this man. As he comes and he makes this appeal to the priest, Hezekiah here comes as a man who um, you can see the, the intent of his heart. You can see as to what the Lord is doing in this life. He, he is a man who can teach us one of the most valuable lessons and is, is a valuable example of, of of from the Bible itself of, of a reformer. He is a man who comes and God ensures that the details about his life and the, the details about his reforms will be written down in this holy book. So what we have is, it's, this will be, um, he's, 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 he's come into power at such a time when, the people of Israel, that will be the kingdom on the north. They have come to a place where they they are wicked and they are not following after the ways of the Lord. But not only that, but you see the problem presented to us. The dark moment that fell on the land concerning the, the times that the, the, the forefathers, listen to what the forefathers have done. They have shut down the doors of the vestibule. They have forsaken the Lord and they have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord. They have turned their backs. So they have gone after idol worship. You see that in chapter 29 verse 6. Our fathers, they have been unfaithful. They have done what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God. In summary, that's the, the dark condition. The condition, the context in which all this is happening. It's happening at the background when The forefathers of this man and the nation of Judah at this particular time, they have moved away from the Lord their God. But to make matters worse, not only this will be in Judah, but also in Israel, if you go to chapter 18, you will see uh, what he writes. He, he had to write a letter to the people in Israel and just to di- give a diagnosis to the condition as to in which these people found themselves. He writes and he tells them the facts. He's not a man who is seeking popular uh, opinion. Neither is he a man who's trying to, to, be, to be nice for the sake of being nice. No, he's trying to bring God's people to holiness, not just to, uh, to make them happy. And listen to what he says. O people of Israel, he calls them, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he may turn again to the the remnant of you who have escaped from the hand of the kings of Assyria, which we are going to look at uh, next week. And listen to what the Bible says. He tells them then, do not be like your fathers and your brothers who were faithless to the Lord God of their fathers. So that he made them a desolation, as you, you see today. Do not now be stiff naked, as your fathers were, but yield yourself to the Lord and come to his sanctuary, which he has consecrated forever, and serve the Lord your God, that his fierce anger may turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, your if you return to the Lord, your brothers and your children will find compassion. With their captors, and they will return to the land, for the Lord your God is gracious. Love that, I love that. The Lord your God is gracious. Verse nine, and is merciful, and He will not turn away His face from you if you return. So He makes this appeal to the people, and He appeals to them to return to the Lord. That's what He is doing there. And as such, he does two remarkable things that that, that are so commendable things that you and I can learn today. And this this is something that I want you to see commendable concerning King Hezekiah. Although he became a king in Judah following the reign of a number of kings that were disobedient. Although he became a king after a time when there was great deterioration uh, that had taken place in this land. There was great spiritual deterioration in the land spiritual uh indifference amongst the people both in the northern and in the southern kingdom there was a decline in their attention to god and and many people had fallen away from the one true god and the worship of god the temple doors were closed the places of worship that were expected to be holy they had been desecrated they they, they were they were they, they were They were defiled by by the evils of the day. The quality of justice had also declined seriously. And there were two factors related to this, that he became king about the same time when the northern kingdom of Israel was destroyed as well by the invading armies of Assyrians. Now, what you see then as he points out of all these evils, the, the the northern kingdom has now been captured. Because of their sin now, they are reaping the fruits of their wickedness. They are reaping the fruits of their evils. But what you find is, Hezekiah then, what he does is, he carries out reforms. What he does, he destroys the idol worship. He destroys the idol worship. And what he does, he does two important things. Firstly, he restores temple worship. That's what you see in verse 3 of chapter 29. He opens, the the Bible commends this man, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David, his father, had done. That's what we see in verse 2. But what you see is the first of his reforms. In the first year of his reign, in the first months, this man, what does he do? He opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. So here are the two two key things I want you to see. So he restores the temple worship, but as as he does that, he tells us the intent. He tells us the, the, the reason why he's doing that. Look at verse 10. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, in order that his fierce anger may turn away from us. You could see how bad it was. He could see that the punishment that both the northern kingdom and yet uh, uh, in the in the just in the in the it, it was so close that even the, the 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 southern kingdom was yet about to face the wrath of God. The wrath of God was evident among His God's people. It was evident as to how God's people had become so perverse. It had become so evident how God's people had become so indifferent to the things of God. How they would call evil good and they would call good evil. How they would denounce and reject God and His word. And Hezekiah is very much aware of the wickedness of the day. So, to remind the people not only of of what's important in their lives, that they would now take off the idol worship and they would put on the worship of God, He does not only restore the temple worship, but secondly, what does He do? He reinstitutes the Passover. To remind them of the redemptive act of God. That this is what the Lord God has done. Look at what he does. He, he, he tells them, I, I want you to know this. He says in verse, in, verse, in, verse, in verse 9. I am doing this because it has been put in my heart. So that uh, the wrath of God may turn away from us. And he's saying this to the, to the priest, by the way. And I'm going to come to this. But he's later today the, to the people in the northern kingdom. Actually, so revealing. Because he tells them, all people of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that you may turn again to the the remnant of you who have escaped from the hand of the Assyrians. He calls them to the covenant-keeping God. And by reinstituting the Passover, he's reminding them not only of the redemptive act of God in the Exodus, but he's also reminding them of the faithfulness of God through the covenant which he made with their forefather Abraham. So he appeals to them, return, return. Brothers and sisters, This would be the two things. The two things that are crucial, the two things that are critical, that this man would look at, he, he would remind him of, of, of the redemptive act of God. He would remind him of the covenant mercies of God. He calls him to return. Do not be like your fathers and your brothers who were faithless to the Lord. God, your fathers, so that he made them a desolation as you see. Do, do not now be stiff naked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves, he Christ. To the lord and come to his sanctuary which is he the, he which he has consecrated forever and serve the lord your god oh this is a wonderful king isn't it as, as we see this reforms he, he he is a man who restores the worship of god in chapter 30 in chapter 30 we see he restitutes the passover he tells them he, he, he urges the priest tells the priest and i want you to see the appeal to the priest this goes to the man of god if you you and i who are serving in the church and and i want you to see you who is a christian too uh, because we are a chosen generation we are a royal priesthood we are a holy people chosen by god and here when there is a temple worship i want you to see what was required and expected of the priest he brought in the priests and the Levites and he assembled them into the square and uh, on the east. And he said to them, hear me, Levites, now consecrate yourselves. Consecrate the house of the Lord, the God of your fathers. Carry out the fuse from the holy place. Remove every fuse, every unholy thing. Take it away. Do not flirt with sin, he tells them cleanse and consecrate the house of God, he tells them. Remember what our fathers have done. For our fathers, they have, uh, they have been unfaithful. They have done what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God. They have forsaken him and they have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and they have turned their backs. They have no regard for God. Not, 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 not even once. And that was the state of the nation. And brothers and sisters, if if we are to be honest and if we are to be true, we, we certainly need that in our culture. We need that in Africa. We need that in our continent. We need that in our generation. How we need a reformation in our day, in our churches. Because so many believers in this era, they have compromised God's word. Beginning from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, we have compromised and we have no regard for God. We are also seeing the consequences of abortion on demand. We see gay marriages. We see increase in violence. We see even in the Western world. We see that it has become more anti-Christian. Maybe uh, we also see in the Eastern regions where Islam is taking hold. And there is uh, an attempt to remove any vestiges of Christian influences and inheritance inheritance or heritage in in any way. You see those attempts made by many people. But what we can learn from this story and what we can learn from Hezekiah is that what we see here is that revival must begin with us. What, What was the difference about Hezekiah compared to the so many other kings of Israel and Judah who came before him? If you are to observe his life at the beginning of the chronicles of this chapter, we see, Hezekiah, we see here that he is compared and contrasted to say, he did what was right in the sight of the Lord his God, according to all his father David had done. And after Hezekiah instituted many of his reforms, we read about the godly character that this man demonstrated. In chapter 31, verse 20 to 21, we are told that Hezekiah, thus Hezekiah, he did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good, and he did what was right, he did what was true before the Lord his God. And in every work and he in every work that he did, he began in the service of the house of the Lord, in the law and in the commandments to seek in, to seek his God. He did it with all his heart, so that He prospered. So here is a man. This is a lesson we can learn. If we want to impact the world around us, if God's people first need to to, to see uh, that which God is able to do, before we cry out to say that the Lord must impact nations around us, before we cry out that the Lord must impact and He must change, sanctify our members, you see it so clearly here. It must begin in our hearts. Because this man say It is in my heart to make this covenant with the Lord. And he's urging and asking this priest to say, Consecrate yourselves. Consecrate the house of God. Consecrate the temple of God. Because if you don't do that, you must you, you, you must expect that the wrath of the Lord is going to come on all of us. And he appeals to them. Sadly, many Christian leaders today um, exalt man's word by taking man's religion sadly many christians today would choose to compromise instead of coming in obedience to the word of god sadly many Christian as well many christians today we see many christians today that we have moved away from the lord but what is the lord ha- what, what is it that the lord would have us to do if we are speaking of uh, a re- 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 reopening of the temple, restoring the temple worship and reinstating the, 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 the Passover, reinstating the Passover. What has this to do with the New Testament Christian? Because this call and these appeals that Hezekiah is making, to be honest with you, these appeals are very pertinent to us. We must, as Hezekiah is crying out. In verse 30, we must return. We need to return to God's word. We need to return to him and trust in him. We need to come to the true worship of God. How do we worship him? In spirit and in truth. And we need to come to remind ourselves of the redeeming acts of God. Because that's what, that's what Hezekiah does. He does it so excellently. He he, he reopens the temple, but he reincitates the Passover. The temple will be the place where people would be there to be taught in the ways of the Lord, to be reminded of their worship of God. But the, the, the Passover will be a symbol, will be a picture that would show them of their redemption, that they have been redeemed from the bondage of the Egyptians. This is how God has saved them. This is what God has done in them. And this would be the two remarkable things that this man, Hezekiah, would accomplish and would do. He does this not at the... Uh, he's not just doing this that everything is going to be smooth sailing. But you will see that he, there were actually scoffers as well. There were those who opposed him. But yet, you see, in chapter 30 there, there were those who opposed him. After he wrote that letter to the people of, uh, we see here, when he sent to all the people of Israel, in chapter 30, verse 5, we hear that when he sent a letter to uh, the people of Israel, to uh, Ephraim, to Manasseh, that they should all come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover of the Lord of Israel. They resort to make a proclamation throughout all Israel. What do we see? Later on we hear, we find out in chapter 30 verse 10. But knowing this, this they, 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 they actually, they scoff, they ridicule him. So some did not accept this with, with kindness. And it is, is the same thing that just as the wrath of God was revealed among us, these people who are so disobedient, the wrath of God is evident among us as Romans chapter 18 is so clear. So then if, if we want to see an, in application, if we desire to see a move of God among us, we need and we must Return to the Lord and have the true worship of God. Let's not exalt some of us in the church. Let's not glory in the words of men above the word of God in the church. We need to return to the word of God and be uh, ever more convinced that the word of God is inspired. That the Bible is utterly unique because God is the ultimate author of this book. We need to come to that place when uh, we, we, we must come to the place where we realize that the Bible is true, that God knows everything and he never lies. Therefore, the Bible is absolutely true, categorically distinguishing itself from any other human written book. We need to come to this conviction that we the Bible is unchanging, as we see in Psalm 119, verse 89 and 160 that there are over 250 different registered forms of um, psychoanalysis, yes, they they consistently and vehemently disagree with one another, as we see in the world, that the wisdoms of this world, they change based on who is writing, who has written what, but in contrast to all these errors, The word of God remains true. It remains the standard, the counsel, the counsels of God and and His holy word is ever unchanging. We need to come to that place where we understand and we are convinced that this is an inerrant, inspired, practical book as we find in Psalm 119 verse 105. That God's word is not just a book of theological and uh, and some philosophies, but this is the light to our path. This is uh, that which we need in our day-to-day lives. It is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. We need to be, to be ever more convinced about the word of God and the worship of God in spirit and in truth. Remember as to the redemptive acts of God, what Jesus Christ has done for us, that even in our walk, even when we're talking about this revival, that above and beyond everything else, that Christ is the one we must worship. And like Hezekiah, who it was placed in his heart, that he would make a covenant to the Lord so that the wrath of God would not come upon his people. And he was just a mere man and he felt miserable even at the end you are going to see in his life. But we have one who stood perfectly, who obeyed God perfectly and came here on earth, and took upon himself, and he made a covenant with God, and he is the one who has turned the wrath of God away from us, and his name is Jesus. He is the creator who made and who owns all people, and they are morally accountable to him. Colossians 1 verse 16 tells us that. All things were made by him, he is the sustainer of the physical universe, sovereign over all the events and, the, and, and all things that you see with your eyes. He is the heir of the physical universe. Everything a Christian owns is actually Christ. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 to 16 tells us that. Isn't that the glory that we need as we return? We are returning to this God. But we don't return to him in our own good works. We don't return to Him in our own niceness. We return to Him because Christ Jesus has opened a way for us. We return to Him because we acknowledge to say that we are sinners and Jesus Christ is the Savior of sinners. We return to Him knowing that Jesus Christ is the complete revelation of God Almighty as we see in Colossians chapter 3 verse 8 to 9. And that we, as we return, we are returning to Him, who is the central message of God. So that's the Jesus we are talking about, brothers and sisters. It is Him that we come through. It is Him that we 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 we, we confidently come, and we follow after. So then as we look at these reforms by Hezekiah, there's one key thing that we see here. We we, we see here that this man, his desire was for God's people to return. And in returning, he demanded that they consecrate themselves. In returning, he demanded that they would put their trust in him. In returning, he reminded them of the wrath of God. And I want to just tell you here, That as we talk about this God who is merciful, this God who is loving, this God who is just. Know that as a just God, He will not allow sin to go unpunished. And he has appointed Jesus Christ to be the judge and the rewarder of men. Colossians 3 verse 24 to 25. The Bible tells us that. So then it requires of us then to, to, to return with him, with, with, with everything. To return with, to him with all our hearts. As such, listen to these words then. Do not now be stiff naked as your fathers were, but yield yourself to the Lord and come to his sanctuary. Come. Come to his sanctuary, which he has consecrated forever, and serve the Lord God, that his fierce anger may turn away. For if you return to the Lord, then you will come to know him, for He is your God, He is gracious and merciful, and he will not he will not turn away his face from you if you return. That is the call that Hezekiah makes. And it is from such that the Lord would would, would be pleased to move among his people. The Lord would be moved moved to see this humility of such a man that God will revive and will reform his people again. It is with that that we come here and we realize that it is what the Lord is expecting of us. It is what the Lord is expecting of his leaders It is what the Lord is expecting of His church. And if we can do that, we will see His mercies fall. We will see His grace abounding. And He will indeed revive and reform us again. Because He is able to do more than what we ask or think according to the power of Christ at work within us. Let's come before the Lord and we pray together. Father, we thank You so much for Your mercy and for Your grace upon us We thank you and we ask of you that you will indeed cause our hearts to once again return to you. You will indeed sanctify, consecrate your church in this hour, that even as we are faced with this pandemic, but in those quiet times, in those times when we find ourselves alone, but you will work in us and you will cause us to fix our eyes on you, that we may not lose heart, but trust and depend on you fully. For the glory of Christ and the good of his church, we ask. May God's people say amen. God bless you. Until next week, you are with me, your brother in Christ, Gideon and Penny. Tune in again next week. And if you desire to catch up, you can listen to our Facebook platform. But also you can visit the Baptist Church YouTube page. And you'll be able to find all the teachings for this past week. Otherwise, may the Lord God bless you richly as we long and we want to see him moving among us. We cry out and we say with the psalmist. Oh, Lord, revive us again. Thank you so much. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Thank you.